Hello, 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 and welcome back to the SLP Corner Podcast. So a few months ago, I did a Q&A and I got so many questions about um, clinical placements for grad students starting their clinical placements. And I have wanted to do a podcast on this, and I think now is a good time because a lot of clinical placements are in May and June and July, August, so just throughout the summer, and then I know more starting for the fall. So if you're a new SLP going into the program, this will be helpful for you. If you're an SLP starting placements or you just had your first placement, hopefully this will be helpful for you. These are all questions that I got from SLPs to be, so hopefully they're relevant. I'm just going to go over the questions and I'm just going to discuss them. So first of all, I got um, this is more like a statement and I got it from a lot of people and it just basically says, I feel like I don't know anything or feeling like I don't know what's going on. Um, that's normal, right? Because this is part of your schooling. So of course you're going to come into it feeling like you don't know anything. And I just want to say that that's actually a lot better than feeling like you know everything. The worst possible um, situation for a clinical educator is a student who thinks that they know everything because you don't. Even SLPs don't know everything. And having that type of know-it-all attitude, you're going to learn less. It's also harder for the CEs because it's hard to figure out exactly where the knowledge gaps are and things like that if that's kind of the attitude coming into it. So if you're someone who's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I don't know anything, that's actually a great place to be. You're being honest. You're aware of your level of knowledge. It's normal to feel that way when you're a student. So just know that you're going to learn so much and you do know a lot more than you realize. So you it's not like you don't know anything. You know a lot more than you realize. You have a lot of years of education already. And it's actually a good thing that you are aware that you um, have gaps in your knowledge that you want to learn. I would say maybe instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't know anything. Think about like, well, what really are the areas that you feel like are tricky? Is it AAC? Is it speech sounds? Is it motor speech? Is it language? Is it autism? Like, Try to figure out like, you know what, I clearly do know more than I realize, but of course there's gaps in my knowledge because I'm a student. And try to write down or brainstorm some main goals for your placement. So for example, when I was a student, I might have gone into placement thinking, okay, I really want to learn more about um, autism assessment, or I really want to learn more about early signs of autism. Or maybe, you know what, I've worked um, with kids with autism all throughout undergrad and I've worked alongside SLPs and I'm feeling like pretty good about that. Of course, there's more I could learn, but you know what, I have no experience with stuttering. I'm lost with stuttering. So just go in with clear goals. It's helpful for the CE as well because they're going to be like, oh, okay, good. Maybe I could take on some more clients that you could work with that would have these challenges um, and so forth. So the takeaways from that are one, you know more than you realize you've had a lot of education in this field already. Two, this is a great place to be in, much better than thinking you know everything, right? And um, lastly, just try to think, well, really what are my knowledge gaps and what are my main goals for this placement? And then your CE hopefully will work with you to try to achieve those goals. Okay, someone else asked, I'm worried about finding a good placement or a helpful CE. So I I'm a Canadian SLP, and in my program, we had no choice at all about placements or CEs at all. Like, it was actually um, looked down upon to even try because they have all of the organization happening on their end. They don't want you to even get involved. So I, I don't really have too much to help with for that question. Um, 
I didn't even know you could find your own placement or a helpful CE. I didn't know that. But I would say like if you are actually able to find your own placement or your own um, clinical educator, then I would look for um, connections of people who you know through your friends. Like if your friend volunteered for an SLP or you like I just think connections are the best way because then you know, oh, this person clearly likes to teach because you're going to want someone who wants to teach, right? like that they like teaching and that's a good sign um otherwise i'm sorry i don't i don't not too helpful for that question if that's someone from the states then you might want to ask someone from the states um an slp on instagram or something like that okay not wanting you your ce to think you're incompetent um when you haven't had enough time to prepare. It's important that we like try to be gentle with how we're even talking about ourselves, right? That's so harsh. Like even to talk to yourself like that, you're, you're not incompetent. No one's going to think you're incompetent. And if you feel like, oh my gosh, I have not had enough time to prepare. You can tell your CE, wait, um, I know you said after lunch that I could do this session, but I'm really feeling like I didn't have enough time to prepare. Your CE can think, oh, okay, like clearly this person would prefer more time to prepare. Okay, well, how about you prepare this evening after work and then tomorrow you can try again. You know, like just be open and honest. Don't try to like, I would be honest. I wouldn't say um, anything like, vague or whatever I would just be like completely transparent like look I know you said I could do the session after lunch but I'm actually feeling like I need a little bit more time to prepare is there any way I could do it the next day right um but at the same time trust that your CE wouldn't throw you into the lion's den right so like if your CE is saying that it's a really easy client you know what maybe just try to stretch yourself and be like you know what I'm just gonna try What's the worst thing that could happen, right? You're just learning. So if it's like a very easy client, your CE spends lots of time with you talking about it and it's just a child maybe working on the K sound, I would go for it, honestly. If you're if you're feeling like debilitating anxiety, that's another thing, but you are there to learn and sometimes the best way to learn is just getting hands-on experience, right? So it kind of depends, but I would say be transparent if you're having high anxiety and you really do feel like you need to prepare a lot, but at the same time, trust that your CE knows um, what the limits are, right? Like and knows what would be too much for a new grad. Okay, a CE who doesn't value your opinions. That's tricky because I would say, really, we need to remember our CE is essentially volunteering. CEs don't get anything out of this um, other than the passion they have for teaching a student. It's not like you get paid more. Yeah, we get some hours, but it would be, it's honestly just easier to get hours learning um, something new with like professional development. So technically like, they are volunteering their time. So I would really respect and value their opinions. I would really try not to rock the boat. I wouldn't try to like have intense arguments about opinions and styles of therapy and all of that. Are there going to be clashes? Of course, it's inevitable. There's personality clashes. I remember... I was working at a hospital and I had three CEs and one CE always was critiquing my chart notes and another CE loved my chart notes. And that I found to be kind of frustrating because I was like, oh my gosh, one CE likes my chart notes and the other CE that I see on Wednesdays thinks my chart notes aren't um, detailed enough and the other one thinks they're very detailed. So I found that really tricky, right? And I'm like, I don't know what to do, but you just need to stick it out. You're only there for a few weeks and you can share. You can say like, 
oh, I'm confused because I, when I was working with this C and then they might say, okay, well, that's just not really how I do things. And at the end of the day, that's your clinical educator. So you just have to respect, um, their opinions on things. They have way more experience in this field. And, um, I would just really err on the side of very, um, high level of respect for your clinical educator at the same time. There may be times when you have an idea and it's kind of like papooed automatically. I don't like think that's going to happen. I've never had that happen. Of course, I've heard the odd story that's really sounds really stressful. And I'm going to link a podcast I had about lateral violence. Um, I talked all about lateral violence uh, in clinical placements with another SLP. So that might be helpful to listen if you're in a situation that is not productive to your learning overall. But overall, just remember like, Literally, they're there to help you. They're there to teach you and try to be respectful of their opinions and what they know. Um, Hopefully, you can both learn from each other. But I, when I was a student, I always just erred on the side of respect. The SLP world is a lot smaller than anyone realizes. You don't want to burn bridges. You want to have good relationships with SLPs. Everybody talks. And when you're looking for a job, you just don't want to have burnt any bridges um, from any tension that was unnecessary in your placement. But honestly, this just that is like all of that was just stressful for I feel like in my opinion for a student to hear do not worry clinical educators usually choose to be clinical educators because they love working with students if they didn't they would choose not to be a clinical educator it's optional um so really just know that they want to they want to teach they want to learn I'm excited because I'm like, oh, tell me the latest research. Like maybe I've missed some things because you're in UBC. You should be learning all this new stuff. Like I'm actually excited to learn and that's my perspective going into it. But at the same time, um, you should kind of respect the person who has the work experience. That's your like teacher essentially. Okay, moving on. What can I do better to prepare if I feel like I'm not getting enough support in my courses? Honestly, I didn't really prepare. I don't like I did all my schoolwork, all my coursework. I didn't prepare other than what my CE had told me to prepare for. So I know one place that they told me to read up on the ESDM. So I read up on the ESDM. Otherwise, I didn't really like prepare because I didn't know what to prepare for because I didn't know what my caseload would be like. So I wouldn't worry too much. I would go in with the knowledge you have. And if you're feeling like, oh, you know what? Huge gaps in my knowledge with um, motor speech. Huge gaps in my knowledge with learning about autism or neurodiversity. Just share that with your CE. It's important. Then they can know, oh, okay, awesome. These are your gaps. This is where you're not learning as much. I'm so glad you told me that. Now I can help you with that, right? So I actually think that's really important to just share. I was a student. All CEs have been students. I know firsthand that you don't learn everything in school. I remember thinking, I'm like, did I even learn anything? You always have that feeling, right? Because you're almost, classes are just, it's constant learning, constant like lectures. And you're almost like, what even is going on? And then you realize later, you're like, oh, actually I have way more knowledge than I realized. But your CE understands that. So just be transparent. Be like, look, honestly, I don't feel like I learned a lot about AAC. Do you have any resources you could recommend that I could read up on? Or like, could I have some, could I practice with some clients and all that? So that's, um, don't worry about that. That you're there to learn, right? Okay. Oh my gosh. I remember reading this question before. So it says, for me, it was being judged because I'm an introvert. My first ever supervisor literally told me I shouldn't be in the field because I'm not excitable enough. I have so much to say about this. 
that is awful. I am also, I'm in what I call an extroverted introvert. So I present as an extrovert. However, I gain energy from being alone. I will be excited and I'll be talkative when I'm out with people, but I get drained and then the only way I can regain energy is being in silence at my home, quiet time, reading, very, very like just solo things like that. So I am definitely introverted and I can relate to not having like that intense energy level you see with some people. And I'll just say that first of all, there are different types of children. A lot of children actually are scared when someone is level 10 energy and they might be a quieter child or a little bit timid. They might be more of a level two energy. And if you try to be a level 10, you're going to scare them away. So first of all, like half the kids would just be terrified of someone like being so excitable and so out there. That's scary. Second of all, like in no way is the criteria of being an SLP being excitable being loud being outgoing that's not true so many of these children are so vulnerable so many parents are coming in feeling emotional or tired or drained and i think that introverts are often extremely empathetic individuals they're very caring there are so many strengths introverts bring and you are needed in slp we need individuals who are caring who have big hearts who are good listeners that is so so important If you are feeling judged because you're an introvert, like I couldn't disagree more. I think what could be challenging is if um, someone's really, really shy and nervous to talk to parents. That could be tricky, right? Because we do need to parent coach and all of that. But um, that just, you know what? You'll feel more comfortable as time goes on. Of course, you're going to feel a little nervous or a little uncomfortable at the beginning talking to parents and especially when you feel like you're being watched by a clinical educator. But that just gets better with time. So try not to worry about it. We all know what it feels like to feel nervous or anxious about things like that. But being excitable, being like high energy, no, that's not needed. Um, just be yourself. And um, I'm really sorry that you were told that because that's really, really upsetting. Okay, how do you balance taking data um, and instructing parents, parent coaching, doing all the things? So basically, a lot of SLPs when we're doing play-based therapy, it's in our heads. We're not constantly writing notes during sessions or we're just not going to be giving high quality sessions. So I know like when I first started, I would do, um, I would try to do it on my paper, like for trials and things like that. But then you honestly just get a feel for it. You realize you can do it pretty accurately in your head. Otherwise, it's just too tricky to try to do. Overall, I would ask you to see how they do this and talk to them about it. But I wouldn't worry about that too much before your placement starts. I would maybe bring that up as a thing like to your CEO, I'm worried about data. And then you can talk more about that with your CE. But I wouldn't honestly worry about that. I would not let that even, I wouldn't even think about that again because that is something that you can learn from various styles of SLPs to learn how to do that best or learn what works best for you. Okay, not feeling prepared, knowing what to expect. Just honor this time in your life. You are in a time in your life where there's so many things that are unexpected. It's exciting. It's nerve wracking. I remember being so anxious for my placements because I just didn't know what to expect. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what are the people going to be like? What are the CEs going to be like? What if I don't vibe with them? What if they don't like me? What if I don't do a good job? Like the what ifs. Oh my goodness. The what ifs can really bring you down. Just try to stay in the present moment. It's a really good, um, 
mindfulness thing that we can work on right now, like staying in the present moment, trying to be gentle with ourselves, thinking positive self-talk. And um, overall, just think of it like an exciting time in your life that you're not going to have again and that you finally made it into the program, you're doing what you've always wanted to do and just try to stay positive because of course you're going to feel anxious and don't worry about not feeling prepared. You're there to learn and you can see if you need to prepare more um, before the placement starts, but otherwise you'll be learning a lot and having a lot of things to read up on and stuff when the placement's um, rolling. Okay, so many things to manage. I don't even know where to start. If you're feeling like things are completely unmanageable, you can talk to your clinical educator about that. Hopefully things are pretty manageable for you depending on where you're at in your schooling. Like if you're, it's your final placement, you should be having like way more responsibility. If it's like your first placement, there shouldn't be as much. But I think this should be a conversation with your clinical educator um, and just throughout just being transparent and open about how you're feeling about managing everything that's going on and um one thing is like at the beginning it always feels like oh my gosh I can't do it and I would I would not let that be something you think is permanent because I know when I first started my placement I was like oh my gosh what is going on I can't even like remember the kids names and it just gets easier over time so don't try to um I wouldn't try to think like the way I feel now is the way I'll feel forever the way you feel now is the way you feel now and that will change and it'll improve over time so try not to get too caught up in that Behavior management for kids who are behavioral. Yeah, that's going to have to be a talk with your clinical educator. Um, It just depends the child really, honestly. Like hopefully um, you'll talk about safety plans. You'll talk about um, ways to manage these types of behaviors that are popping up. And that'll just be a conversation that you'll have to have with your clinical educator. But I wouldn't worry too much because your clinical educator won't put you in an unsafe situation. Um, so I remember there was a child who had really intense behaviors and my clinical educator just, I never actually, um, it did any one-on-one with that child because she was just like, I'm not going to put you in an unsafe situation. So hopefully, um, that's the case for other CEs as well. Okay. Getting negative feedback. So I would try to reframe this in your mind as constructive criticism because, Really, hopefully what's happening is just you are getting feedback on what you did really well and you're getting feedback on what you could try next time. That's how it was framed to me when I was a student and that's how I want to frame it to um, my students that are I'm going to be having um, this summer and in the future. We're always going to have feedback and constructive criticism um, when we're being taught, right? Because... That's the only way to learn. I actually found it kind of annoying when I was a student and I would do a session and it felt like the CE, I had a lot of CEs and maybe a CE was kind of like not totally involved or like not as engaged. Um, Maybe, I don't know. Anyways, and then I was almost like, okay, good good job. And then just moving on. I'm like, what? Did I do well at anything? Like, is there anything I could try next time? They're like, oh yeah, you did a good job. I'm like, Okay, that's the most annoying because you're there to learn. It's like, but this is part of my program. I actually want like feedback. I want to know what I could do better next time. I want to know what I did well. So that's the worst case scenario. I, I really appreciated some CEs. We would debrief after and they would literally have notes and they'd be like, these are the things you did well. These are the things you could try next time. What do you think you did well? What do you think you could try next time? And I think that's the best case scenario. And just try to know like nothing's personal. And just remember, what is the goal of this placement? The goal is to learn. And 
any sort of feedback, it will be helpful in your learning. Um, it's just important that as a CE, we're giving positive feedback along with our um, things they could do for next time. So it's not all just like, yeah, you have to do this, 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 this. That's overwhelming for anyone, right? Okay. Passing and ticking boxes before graduating, getting experiences in each practice area. Don't worry about that. You just need to be um, really uh, trusting of your program and that they will make sure you have experience in every area. They're not going to like, they want everyone to graduate on time. So they're looking at that because they, they want you to graduate when you're supposed to graduate. If you realize like, oh my gosh, I have no hours in motor speech, I would definitely tell the program the clinical coordinators and then I would tell your CEs like look I have no like at all I have nothing in this area I remember I had to do that I forget what it was for it might uh, it might have been like aphasia or something and I remember telling my placement um, my CEs at a placement for dysphagia I was like look I have nothing in acquired language disorders and then they were like oh good to know we'll put you in this like clinic for two days for you to get experience so just kind of be aware of it enough to be able to advocate for yourself more people saying, feeling like I don't know anything. You guys, you know more than you realize, but I know that feeling, so I get it. Finding a good, oh, another one about finding a good, yeah, I don't know like how you could find your own CE. I don't understand. Okay. Anyways, I really hope that was helpful. And let me see. Yeah, I think that's everything. Okay, you guys, I'm so excited for everyone. I have a student starting in June. I'm very excited about that. I'm telling all my all my clients and they're all getting really excited to meet someone new. So just um, try your best. Try to be positive and just show up. Do the basic things you can control. Be on time. Dress professionally. Be respectful. Do everything in your control that you can control and otherwise show up with a positive attitude, try your best and just get excited. Like you're in the program you always want to be in. You're in doing the placements you always want to do. Like this is exciting, you guys. You're on your way to become an SLP. I remember I was so excited. I'm still happy to this day that I'm an SLP. I just am like, I can't believe after all of that work in undergrad and my master's, I'm finally an SLP. So just know like I am on my way. I am already in the SLP program. I am going to be an SLP. I am so happy about that. And one day at a time, before you know it, you're going to be a clinical educator yourself. All right, you guys, see you next Monday.